Welcome to the Perkins Platform. This is a monthly solutions-oriented talk radio show. Each month, we dedicate about 30 minutes to explore contemporary issues and solutions in education leadership, and this is your host, Brian Perkins. This month, we're excited to have as our guest, Dr. Scott Barry Kaufman, who is a psychologist uh, at the Positive Psychology Center at the University of Pennsylvania uh, on intelligence, creativity, and well-being. Welcome, Scott. Hey, great to be here. Well, we're, we're excited to have you. And to our faithful listeners, welcome back. And thank you for being part of our family of over 5,000 listeners every month. And to our new listeners, we're glad to have you and uh, that you join us. Today, we're going to talk to Scott, um, who has recently published uh, a book um, uh, in and several articles since that book, uh, but we want to focus a little bit in the conversation with Scott about um, his his new ideas about defining intelligence. And so, in 2013, he published a book called Ungifted Intelligence Redefined. So. I guess before we actually get into the book, Scott, I'd like to hear a little bit about you and what you're doing at the Positive Psychology Center. Tell us a little bit about the work you do there. Sure. So I'm a cognitive scientist, but I'm very much interested in applying the work on that we know about the human mind to education. I'm also interested in applying what we know about uh, about um, the positive aspects, you know, about well-being and um, joy and awe and um, creativity and these kinds of things, how we can apply those ideas to education as well. Um, at the Positive Psychology Center, I run something called the Imagination Institute, where we uh, conduct research on new ways of applying and understanding the human imagination, and we fund uh, we fund a bunch of researchers to do new research on this topic, and we spend um we do these retreats with um with geniuses across various fields um to try to understand what the highest heights of imagination look like in specific fields wow that that sounds fascinating um so tell me so where where do these uh so these are these are young people young children that you you have as a part of this experiment oh um nope uh so we uh have these retreats with with people who are well recognized within their field and ah. particularly creative okay like okay. world renowned people and um try to understand and you know scan their brains and see and have discussions with them about um what they see as barriers to education within their field among young people in that field um and then we have these research, we have a bunch of we're funding 16 research projects to come up with new ways of looking at imagination and measuring it and tracking whether or not it's being in, improved in um in training programs and things like that. Wow, okay. That that's really fascinating. It 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 makes me think about movies that uh you know you, you we've seen where people are being studied, they have their brains, their their heads connected to devices and being studied um so i guess you're so you're looking at uh both from a psychological but also physiological uh what's happening in the brain yeah absolutely yeah. i try to do as many perspectives as possible so definitely not just 
one perspective, so not just the brain but also behavior. And um, we have looked at different age groups. I've done some research projects with some um, with a student actually looking at play um, and trying to measure uh, differences in play content among preschool children is another interest of mine. And then, you know, we do a lot of research kinds of topics. We also look at the link between mental illness and creativity is another thing that I've looked at with one of my students. And um, I also teach the course Positive Psychology at Penn, so I'm really interested in how we can develop well-being among uh, students on campus. Sure, sure. Um, tell us a little bit about um, the importance of creativity. Uh, you're, you're someone who is an expert in the field, um, and I won't go so far as to assume because I, I, that I even know really uh, what creativity really is. Um, you know, I have my so what ideas. Is, what do you think it is? Well, I, I think that's you put me on the spot here. <laughs> um, uh-huh. I, I really think that you know creativity is what uh, kind of the spontaneous, um, the spontaneous idea that gets sparked when um, the brain is faced with a challenge. That's kind of like what comes to mind for me is that uh, it, it may be a challenge of of uh, a hurdle, uh, obstacle, but it may also be a challenge in terms of um, the imagining something different that hasn't existed before. So, I don't know, that's my best shot. <laughs> oh, no, I like that. Um, it sounds like you're talking about, so that's how I think about imagination. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't view imagination as the same thing as creativity. Creativity tends to involve imagination, but also involves um, other things it involves uh, often involves a lot of perseverance and grit um, and um, and motivation and opportunities. You know, I, I just view creativity as kind of the process. You know, okay. and uh, and there's lots of uh, things that contribute to that imagination being a very important part of it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so e- imagination. So so imagination. Then if 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 creativity is the process, would that make imagination the product? Oh, no, no. I actually would see creativity as a process and a product. Okay. Um, imagination is just, um, it's like a, you know, it's, it's a way of thinking mm-hmm. that contributes to the creative process to lead to a creative product. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's very confusing. No, I, you know, I, I think uh, it, it's an interesting um, question because, you know, I go back to what I was asking earlier. So why is why is creativity important? What is it? What makes it important to study? What do you hope to learn about? So, you know, we're we're trying to figure out it, the ways in which people are creative. What will that? What what will we learn from that? Or what can we learn from other people that are? Yeah, creativity, you know, if we view it as bringing into being something that is original and meaningful, well, I think that, you know, that we do that all throughout our day in lots of little ways. You know, we don't need to think of creativity as always being this kind of monumental, world-changing, genius-level transformation. But, you know, creativity involves, like I said, imagination, but I think it involves lots of other things that, um, that if we infuse in our daily life, it will bring us greater just well-being and meaning out of our life. 
you know, things like just uh, being open to new experiences and daydreaming, finding more time in your day for daydreaming and mind-wandering and mm-hmm. um, solitude and um, and uh, and challenging assumptions and thinking uh, thinking differently. Lots of habits that we can create in our life to just, you know, live a creative life. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I see. You know, you. so one of the other reasons that I was really uh, intrigued by what I read and had seen about your, your work, I know you have one book uh, that is um, uh, Wired to Create, Unraveling the Mysteries of the Creative Mind. Oh, yeah. But then the other um, that is ungifted. That I was already intelligence redefined. You know, this whole notion of intelligence is something that just year after year keeps coming back as. So what is it? Why are we? Why? Why is it important to assess either adults or children um, in 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 in, uh, in their intelligence? Um, and so you offered in your book a new way of looking at intelligence. Uh, what I, I thought was a really great subtitle for your book was The Truth About Talent, Practice, Creativity, and the Many Paths to Greatness. I thought that was oh, great. Oh. But uh, um, So tell us about the book and what you, what you uh, propose as a new definition of intelligence. Oh, thank you. You know, I really wanted to write that book for a long time. Um, I had a very poor experiences in childhood in the education system, um, was labeled with a learning disability when I was a little kid and an auditory disability and kind of how those expectations affected my self-esteem were, were pretty um, intense. And I wanted to write this book uh, like talking about the latest science of intelligence and creativity and what it means to live um, a full existence, but um, I also wanted to, you know, tell my personal story and kind of <laughs> interweave my personal story with the science and and just let people know that it, you know, it, it comes from a from a, a personal perspective. And ironic, not I don't know, ironically, but you know, I created a theory of personal intelligence, which was my attempt to argue that we need that's exactly what we need to do is is, is move from such an obsessive. Um, drive to compare one person to another on a standard metric of intelligence, like IQ or even Howard Garner's theories of multiple intelligences. You know, just not comparing people to each other, but to really look and judge people's. Well, I don't even like judging at all, but um, you know, looking at uh, someone's intellectual uh, possibilities. I like prefer that than intellectual potential. By mm-hmm. just understanding the whole person and and really shifting to the individual level and understanding their own um, goals, personal goals, and um, their levels of engagement, mm-hmm. um, as well as their ability. You know, we focus so much on ability, but mm-hmm. I think we leave out uh, lots of these other variables that are part of a system. Mm-hmm. Yeah, sure, sure. Uh, to our listeners that may have just joined us, we have Dr. Scott Barry Kaufman, who is a cognitive scientist at uh, the University of Pennsylvania talking about intelligence redefined. Um, Scott, you you mentioned uh, you threw a teaser out there at us about your own experience. You care to share a little bit 
um, with us about what your experience was and how that led you and motivated you in some ways to uh, to take on this this area and particularly around uh, intelligence. You want to share a little bit with us? Oh sure. Um, I've told the story so many times that I'm uh, I I I don't I I I hope people will still be interested in hearing it. <laughs> um, <laughs> You know, I I had a, I was diagnosed with this um, central auditory processing disorder when I was very young, and um, I had a lot of earaches, and uh, they had to get I got tubes, and um, once I removed the tubes, you know, I couldn't hear um, right away, and it didn't feel like I could hear in real time. Um, it kind of took me a couple extra seconds to process things, so I was placed in special education, and I was I was asked to repeat third grade, and I really created a lot of created a lot of anxiety, a lot of um, well, self-doubt, and I was kept, and it kind of fed. It's like a cycle that like feeds into each other. Um, I was kept in special education till ninth grade because, and I looked at the IAPs, and they say, well, even though I outgrew my, uh, my I overcame my learning disability by fifth grade, um, I still had a lot of anxiety, and so they said we need to keep him in keep him in special ed because he has so much anxiety. <laughs> so huh? it. You know, it kind of compounds on each other, and you know, I was sending these get these sent these signals that I wasn't capable. You know, it really took till ninth grade till a special ed teacher took me aside and said, you know, what are you doing here? Um, do you want to, you know, try to see what you're capable of? And I, I just, I did. I took myself out of special ed and signed up for as many courses as I could, and really, um, you know, really tried to see what what, what was possible and. Um, you know, who knew I would end up getting a PhD from Yale? I mean, in, in psychology. I mean, people. Sure, sure. Um, you know, people. Who knows what someone's capable of, and yeah. unless you give them a chance. No, you're you're exactly right. That's a fascinating story. Um, there's so many, as you you know, that don't even get the opportunity. You know, you you had someone who who even looked. Um, and there are people who who never get uh, someone to look to see what's out, what's what's there in in a child that may be placed in special education. It's just a kind of a catch-all for some people, not everyone, but it's you know uh, a catch-all, and they don't look. And so, thank goodness uh, for all of us that somebody looked and 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 found uh, uh, the. The, the capacity to ask you what you wanted to do uh that's that's great and i think a good a good story to share no matter how many times because there's somebody i'm sure in our audience we have uh you know principals and teachers that might say you know that that's that's what they would do if they thought it was the right thing to do and and i think you have you've encouraged some people um oh thank you yeah, you know, I I also while we still have some more time, I also wanted to talk to you a little bit about um, this this idea that you have here that was also in Ungifted, but also another book you had, The Complexity of Greatness Beyond Beyond Talent or Practice, um, because there are there there's a great deal of discussion that. I've heard and and both in professional and personal settings about uh, people being talented or people 
um, being um, uh, having um, a, a natural strength or a, nat a, uh, a natural expertise in this. Um, interestingly, one of my daughters uh, was talking to me about um, um, her what she might major in in college, and it was a really interesting conversation because she. She's her when she walked away with school. She's a straight A student and does AP and all kinds of other classes. And she said, "I really don't know what I want to do because I'm really not that good at anything." And I was a straight A student, tough classes and everything. And I, that wasn't me. And so I looked at her and I said, "You're really not that good at anything. What do you mean?" And she said, "Well, you know, I I just you know I have to work hard at it." And so what she walked away with, you know, that her that because she had to work at oh. at math, that she wasn't good at math. And I said, be really clear, you are good at math. I mean, she's fluent in Spanish, proficient in Portuguese. You know, it's like, are you kidding? Wow. You know, <laughs> I was like, you know, you can't you 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 can't judge the fact. So we went through all the people who work really hard and are good in sports and medicine, but they work really hard. That doesn't mean you're not good at it. So all that kind of a long-winded way of saying, so what, talk to me a little bit about what you, your thoughts are about this, you know, talent versus, you know, how much you have to practice. And, 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 and uh, I think you, you said uh, uh, there, there's some, there's some other areas that people have that are just kind of natural. So what, talk to us about that. Oh, boy. Um, what a topic that is. Well, you know, the, the, the nature-nurture thing is, is, is people are obsessed with this question, and it is, you know, clearly both play a role um, in a multiplicative way. So it's talent times effort. Um, so, you know, if we have some, but what is talent? That you know, what is talent? So I don't view talent as innate talent. You know, in the sense that we're born with the full developed capacity to for excellence. We are born with certain potentialities, certain um, uh, genes that that influence how quickly we will respond to the environment in very specific ways. You know, there's genes that influence the extent to which you are attracted to what you're attracted to, you know, and in, in whether it's uh, basketball or cello, you know, like, mm -hmm. like, so it influences your attention. But effort is required for anyone to realize those potentialities. And we really should not prejudge people, um, until we, and I don't think we should ever judge people, but, you know, a lot of times we, if they're putting effort in in the beginning and they're not making rapid progress, we sort of stop and say, oh, maybe you should try something else, or maybe this is not, you know, maybe th this child really doesn't have the potential for greatness in this, but there's too many cases now of people who have started off slow who have, um, in a lot of ways, the the effort and attention they've put towards their craft has made them only better um, in the end. Once you've given them a certain amount of years of getting to um, a point, you know, where you can actually um, start to 
start to develop at a deeper level. And um, I think everyone deserves the opportunities and to the opportunities to fully master something if they want to. Mm. Excellent. Thank you so much. And so, Scott, we're really glad that you took time out of your day um, to uh, to come and, and talk with me. Um, I'm sure that uh, the audience is really happy that you were able to join us. Um, and uh, just want to encourage you to continue the work. We're looking forward to your next publication um, and really want to see, um, I'm looking forward to uh, what happens with these, these uh, research projects you have going on in your in in your institute so um keep up the good work and um we we hope to see you uh, um again and get you back uh, uh maybe you can tell us a little bit about what you learned so um uh, we really appreciate it and so till next time those of you listening go well stay well <laughs>